The year is 2011. The number one song on the pop charts in America is Rolling in the Deep. The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 is the number three highest grossing movie in theaters. And The Hunger Games are the most popular fiction book. It is peak pop culture time for millennials. But it's also a different time on the other side of the world because war is about to break out. And we're gonna find out if two girls' journeys out of that war is based, biased, or BS. Hello, and welcome to the podcast where two best friends tell one true story. My name is Zach. And I'm Maddie. And this is Based, Biased, or BS. What a fun time I just said bullshit. It's not unlike us to swear. It's not unlike us, but it doesn't have to be us. Oh, you're secretly pushing me to stop swearing on this podcast no, and I won't have it. <laughs> I'm not pushing you to stop swearing. I'm just pushing us to to sprinkle it more. To sprinkle and dabble. Who are you, my mother? That's what she what? always tells me. She says, About "Do you swearing? have to Do you have to swear though? Is it necessary?" <laughs> so listeners, we have something very exciting to share with you because Starting next week on yes. Tuesdays, mm-hmm. we will be releasing a mini episode. I like to think of them as little babies or yeah. like little trailers into the full episode of on Fridays. Little mini episodes featuring limited series. Yeah, tiny little series. So we're not talking full seasons of shows with, we're not talking your Grey's Anatomy 20 episodes plus a season, even though someone made me do that once for a (laughs) prank. Um, (laughs) We're talking limited series, five to maybe 10 episodes, Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, what that specific show is about. But we will be starting our limited series with old Mr. Decker watching... Halston. I'm sorry, Halston. I it. Halston. <laughs> it's Halston. He didn't know Halston. I was passing it to him. No, so what will happen is every week I will recap one episode and Maddie will just sit tight and listen to the story. And then after, well, Halston specifically is five episodes. So on episode six, Maddie will tell us the true story and see how what we've told relates. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear who is involved in the story, who, yeah. where well, the Well, I've already story watched episode place. one. Oh! <laughs> so, but check it out on Tuesday. It'll appear and I'll tell you all about it. it yeah. It's a Ryan Murphy, it's a Ryan Murphy show. So, you know, there's gays, you know, there's sex, and you know, there's drama. And I did give Decker a choice of three possible... Oh, yes. TV series he could choose from because I wanted I want to have some type of interest in what I'm researching. So I chose right. three for him and he chose one of those three and we're going down a path together. Yeah. And it's a kind of fun way to tell a mini story that you can just listen to every week. It's available on Netflix so you can easily watch it. I feel like most people have Netflix. Yeah. Um you can watch it along with us if you'd like. So that will be up on Tuesday. Eee, can't wait. Me too. It's going to be a fun little yes, just blurb, very, blurb of an episode. Very exciting. Yeah, and you'll get to hear Decker talk and recap things in his Decker way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that derogatory? No, I love okay. your Decker way. <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> Okay, so enough about that exciting announcement. Yeah. Because we have a whole movie to talk about. Yes, a whole movie that, before we get started, can I just say I've never received more video footage of Zach watching something than I did of this movie. (laughs) It was maybe like two minutes of full just me. Yes, just (laughs) you not speaking to the camera 
just reacting to what he was watching. So, um, what were you watching, Decker? Do you want to tell them what the name of the movie is? Yes, ma'am, I will. I was watching The Swimmers. Also available on Netflix. On Netflix. (laughs) Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but I love these recent choices that are free to me. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. That derogatory. I've been give no. I've been giving you a lot of go find ems. <laughs> a really lot of go find ems. Like, pride. Let's not talk about it. It was really hard <laughs> to find. <laughs> you made me snort. Okay. Um, but this movie easily findable on Netflix. The Swimmers. Should I just hop into my film facts, or should I describe the the video I sent you? I think you. We can't talk about the video to the end true i just think we can't yeah because the video is me at the end of the movie yeah so So stay tuned film facts film facts i love them so this film was directed by sally l hussaini Mm -hmm. um who is a female director um the swimmers i don't i just wanted to add if you couldn't tell (laughs) um the swimmers is a biographical sports political drama I love all of these wow. like genre names they give films. They really just are want to be as specific as possible. Yeah, because I remember talking about one and all it had was drama. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, boring. okay, how boring. What else you got? Yeah, was that and? like Spencer or something? No, it was reality. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no offense. It was reality. Okay, so this <laughs> film depicts the real life story of the Mardini sisters. Yes. Correct me if I say them wrong. That is how Yus- I have heard it in interviews. So, okay, Yusra mm-hmm. and Sarah. Yeah. And uh, as they flee their country of Syria. Yes. Playing playing these sisters are Nathalie Issa, who plays okay. Yusra Mardini, and Manal. Let me make sure I got that right. Yes, Manal Issa playing Sarah Mardini. And so, yes, if you listen, if you listen, if you're a listening bunch, you heard that correct. These two sisters in the story are played by a pair of actual real life sisters. Love it. I did come across that when I was doing some research, but I didn't, I didn't look too much into it, but I, I love that it's sisters playing sisters. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because as we'll see in this story, sisters, sisterhood is strong mm-hmm. in this movie mm. and it you could it made a difference it made a difference in the film in the small moments of them arguing and bickering like sisters you could see it was real and you could mm. see the moments when they were had to rely on each other to like get through what they were going through you could see it it was amazing i love that yeah so i'll keep bringing them up in the sisterhood as we like get into the story but the filming for the movie was planned for early 2020 Mm. Mm -hmm. so what happened in early 2020 dad i can't it was just like a little small thing it was just like where the whole world shut down or something called covid five days before they were supposed to start filming that happened so everything was delayed an entire wow. year until April of 2021. Mm. Which can you, I can't imagine being cast in something as big as like a big feature film for a Netflix original. And then it's like, oh, it's delayed a year. And then you're like, but are they still going to want to make it in a year? It's a scary well, thing. Right. And five days before filming, like that is such a build up to, oh my gosh. I'm a week away from filming my first yes. thing, like big I'm movie. I'm packing. And then, I'm saying yeah. bye to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, like me and my sister are going away to do this project. And together. also part of me would be worried like in a year, am I still going to look the age they want for these mm. sisters to be? Like as an actor, I'm just like so much can change in a year. So and people much. are so fickle, fickle Ooh. about, about the way people look in Hollywood. So I'm like. Am I gonna look the age they want me to? I mean, it. I yeah. feel like it's. Whoa! Whoa! 
I feel like I can't even. I lost my train of thought at that vocal crack. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's okay because I have more film facts for you. Great. Give them to me. So the director was in love with the sisters. So the casting was Mm -hmm. not changing. And honestly, I've seen pictures. They were in the movie. The main actress who plays Yusura. Yeah. Like doppelganger. They look very similar. Oh, I love. Yeah. Just like naturally, like two photos next to them. Very similar people. Filming actually started, as I said, in April of 2021. The cast and crew filmed kind of all around the world, in the UK, in Belgium, and in Turkey. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of get to the story. It is kind of a migratory story where people are moving. So as the, they move to different countries, they also filmed in different countries. The following year, The Swimmers premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. On September 8th of 2022. Speaking of film festivals, uh-huh. it is the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> Happen like right now as we're no, recording? No, prono- the way you pronounce it. Oh. Last time we said it was the Cannes. We were trying to it's be friends. Cannes? It's Cannes. It's the Cannes Film Festival. Really? <laughs> Who yeah. told you this information? Well. A French? Jody. A mother. But a mother, but she is obsessed with movies. Yeah, that's true. She knows a lot. Yeah, and apparently we were there. What? She went to one of the film festivals and said I was there in her belly. (laughs) She's pregnant. Okay, back on. Okay, yeah. Yeah, don't don't go down that. Don't go down that path. Okay, so we're talking about The Swimmers, and it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. (laughs) You heard one word and just, like, span. Span. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, It premiered on September 8th, 2022, where it was met with a four-minute standing ovation. Okay, that lines up with the reaction I was sent. Right. When I heard that, I said, I am justified. Yeah. Yeah. At the end credits. Speaking of the words end credits, if you'll allow me to spiral on a word for a second. Yes. I had to, after this film, look up in the film industry what the words are, what the name is for the words at the end of a movie. Okay. Like the Which, epilogue where it just starts spewing facts at me on the and screen. Is it I'm epilogue? Like, no, it is oh. end credits. Oh. It's just, it said end credits or closing credits. Oh, okay. I don't really like those words. I like epilogue. Epilogue. But yeah, me too. Like the epilogue text or whatever. So that's what we're going to call it. But according to Google, they're called the end credits. Which, okay. But to me, the end credits are like where it's like scrolling up from the bottom of the screen telling all the people. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry that we both had to spiral on a pair of words. You know, two spirals make a twirl. <laughs> like Kenya Moore. And I know you won't what? get that. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I know, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Some people will get it. She twirls. Twirl like the wind. Oh. Um, Back to the four-minute standing ovation. Why do we keep... These are beautiful (laughs) film facts, and we keep getting off of them. Yeah, Decker, four minutes. (laughs) Um, It was the most applause um, any show got or movie got at the festival. Love it. It has such a brilliant, beautiful ending. I... Okay. It earned a British Academy Film Awards nomination for Outstanding British Film the following year, a.k.a. Mm. 2023 this year. But it didn't win. Director Sally El Hassani stated about the film that she did not want to tell just the Mardini sister story. Mm. Her intentions were to show in a realistic style what refugees were and still are going through in real life. And real-life Yusuf Mardini said in an interview about the film, quote, It's an honor, to be honest, to be chosen between many, many refugees to be spoken about. But this story is not just about me and my sister. It's about sisters. 
it's about women, it's about refugees and stateless people all over the world. After the Olympics, I realized that it's not just my story anymore. Mm. End quote. Yeah. Gorge. Those are my film facts, and I love this movie so very, very much. I really want to watch it. No joke, like, in my top five favorite movies. Period. period. Not of this podcast, ever. Of life? It is of life, yes. I oh my cried gosh. so hard. I gasped. I had to pause. <laughs> Everything happened. Well, Every emotion. Yes. When I said I got so much media from you, I got 20 minutes in, I got a reaction from you. Yeah, 20 minutes <laughs> in. That moment, I will never forget, is one of the most shocking moments I've ever seen in a movie. That 20 minutes in, I know exactly what it is. And okay. I'll tell you about it when we get there, because I, gosh darn it, hope it's real. Okay, well, okay, so let's talk about it. Please. So, Obviously, we're going to be talking about Syria and the war that is currently still taking place as we speak over there. Um, um, I'll be... Okay, let me be honest. Didn't know anything. Okay. I knew... What I knew about this topic is only because in America, there was this whole debate of refugees being allowed. Yes. That's right. all I and- and that's kind of what I was getting at with my intro, where it was like all, all the things that were happening in 2011, I was looking it up. I was like, oh, I was obsessed with that and that and that. Yeah. No wonder I wasn't watching the news. Yeah. I had all these other things I was absorbed in. I, we were also in high school at that time. So I do, right. I mean, it is a little more understandable as to why we were not quite as aware of what was going on. But everything actually started with peaceful protests. So I'm going to give a very basic overview of how the war progressed and escalated because it directly influences Sarah and Yusra's um, lives and mm-hmm. the story that I'm talking about today. So in Syria, people were experiencing very, quote, high levels of unemployment, widespread corruption, and lack of political freedom, end quote. Um, so that's the kind of general feelings that are going on at the time. And Mm -hmm. on the heels of two Arab dictators stepping down, in February of 2011, a group of young people spray-painted the phrase, the people want the fall of the regime, it's your turn, doctor, on their school walls in Dara. What does that mean? Uh, They wanted their, their president to step down because of corruption and no political freedom and... He's the doctor? Yes, yes. So, yes, he's the doctor. Okay. Um, the Syrian president, Bashar al-Assad, had trained as an ophthalmologist, which is an eye doctor. Okay. And that makes their message extremely clear as to who they were targeting. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that man, President Bashar al-Assad, is uh-huh. that how you said it? Bashar al-Assad, was yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Okay. I thought he might be because that's kind of the starting point of everything. The people that spray paint that message end up getting arrested and beaten excessively by the government. Mm. And activists are then outraged by the response from the government. And on March 15th, they meet at the Capitol in Damascus and they shout the word... 2011? Yes. This is all in 2011. They meet at the Capitol... Damascus and shout the word freedom and that results in many of them being arrested. So okay. our, our sisters have not come into the picture yet. This is just a general what's happening in Syria. Right. When when we kind of start the movie mm-hmm. we're getting what you're telling us from their perspective. Okay. Like it says in 2011 they live in a suburb of Damascus, mm-hmm. Syria and yep. so it's kind of like the news is playing and they're watching the news of these protests. That's where oh, I heard okay. the name of that president. Yes. Okay. So they're kind of just like, but it's told in a way of like, it's her birthday party. And they're all like at the party, but the TV is playing. So you hear the TV mm. and they look at the TV when there's like a big explosion thing happening and it's all goes silent. Right. But then we're back at the party. It's okay. It, that's that's in the distance still. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I was... <clears throat> 
I figured was happening as they were continuing to try to live their lives as this war was starting to break out. So, and it's not even a war yet at this point. Um, okay. The people at the March 15th protest get arrested. That is taking place in Damascus. But back in Dara, which is where the spray painting happened, mm-hmm. friends and family of those people that had spray painted and got arrested are told to forget about those people and that they would not be returning. So, oh, for just spray painting. Yes, for just spray painting. So that Friday of that week, a lot of confused and angry people are at the mosque, which it's a holy day. So they're Mm -hmm. at the mosque and someone starts chanting, God is great. And all of a sudden they find themselves with other protesters, kind of protesters, but from other mosques marching alongside together towards the governor's home, all chanting, God is great, because they want these people released that had spray painted. Right. Right. They're marching toward the governor's home, home, and then they are met with bullets, and this marks mm. the beginning of the war that continues to this day. From what I was able to gather, it began as peaceful protests. The government yeah. retaliated with violence right off the bat. Yeah. I feel like that's always... I feel like we've told that same story before in this podcast. Like Me in too. Argo, I think that was the same way the Iranian revolution began peaceful government peaceful is violent peaceful gathering right get mowed down by bullets and so everyone yep. gets pissed the fuck off and it was Sorry, really <laughs> well i think that's a good place to swear um okay. <laughs> it it was really eerie to read these articles like written in 2012 like mm-hmm. a year a- that are like a year after the peaceful protest starts and the war has continued on and it's like okay well now it's 2023 and the war is still continuing on wow so to read these in retrospect is just it's kind of horrifying yeah (laughs) to be like this is still happening yeah so where do the swimmers come in you ask let me tell you (sighs) tell me so Yusra Mardini and Sarah Mardini are sisters living in Syria with their two parents and other siblings as well. Yusra in particular really wants to follow her dad's footsteps of being a professional swimmer with the goal of making it to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So at nine years old, she starts training alongside her sister, Sarah, who is three years older than her. And in 2012, Yusra actually represented Syria in the FINA short course world championships. So okay. she did like do a competition. But by the time Yusra is 13 years old, war has officially broken out in Syria and the practice conditions are dangerous, for lack of a better word. So Mm -hmm. the roof of the facility she practices in has a hole in it from when a rocket-propelled grenade came through. There was always damage to glass at the pool. They would repair it, but it was just constantly in a state of something being broken. Um, And there was a day when they left practice and as they were leaving, the windows were blown out of the hotel that they had been practicing in the pool of and people died from the explosion. So it was constantly, war was just everywhere. It was following them. It was around Mm -hmm. them. They were working through it as much as they could. And I, and I, you mentioned the birthday party and then they went back to the birthday party, but Mm -hmm. were there, did it escalate throughout the movie or yeah what was your perception of that the film did such a good job of showing like two i don't remember their ages what are they Mm -hmm. i don't really know their ages right now but they're two teens right yeah they're early teens okay living their life as teenage girls in this war zone so -hmm. there's one moment of them they were kind of at this like kids club kind of place you know where they were just like on a rooftop dancing to music Mm. the song bulletproof you know that song yes it's like exactly what your intro was kind of hinting at they're dancing to that song and it's they're just like dancing and then it goes kind of muted the song and you could hear it but quiet and kind of slowed down the camera backs up and you can just see bullets and missiles like Mm. soaring through the air like 
crashing into other buildings in the distance and just like explosions in the distance. And it's like these girls are in this horrible, scary spot, but they're still, Mm -hmm. they're just like dancing on the rooftop with other people. It's like a whole club, but it's, they have so many of those moments. It's just reality. They're still going to grow up. They're still teenagers there, but it is a war zone. It was, I got chills. That was the first moment where I was like, whoa, this movie is like telling a very impactful story. Because I got the danger of it, but then they really hit it home sometimes. I didn't mention where most of my sources are from, but um, the when I was mentioning the the hole in the roof of their facility, that's from an yes. interview with Yusra. So I I was hearing the girls talk about it. Okay. From their own experiences too. There's articles. There's interviews. There's like Olympics.com has things mm-hmm. written as well, but they're they're still they're only in none, neither of them are 30 years old yet so like okay. they're wow. still giving interviews and speaking and you can follow them on instagram <laughs> this is <laughs> oh like God, this is I'm how weird to. the story is it feels like something yes. that took place so long ago but it didn't and it's still happening and it's still for happening many refugees right now so right and they they talk about how their home was destroyed they moved in with their grandma and their aunt for a little bit until eventually after four years of living in pure survival mode um having their house destroyed completely their family decided it was time to leave there is one part with yes. the hole in the ceiling mm-hmm. at this facility was there a moment specifically that you saw that was like during a competition no not that i not i couldn't find anything about a specific competition no okay okay then i have to, we have to go back a little bit to that okay because that's the moment. That's the 20 minute in moment. Okay. Where I are, I've already had the bulletproof moment. Okay. And now she's in the swim competition. It doesn't look like this. This building looks perfectly fine. Okay. At this moment. So I'm assuming this is after that. Okay. Um, she's in a competition and she's trying to break her record to get to the next level to get closer to the Olympics or something sure. specific like that. So it's a big deal. And she, something her dad always said was find your lane, find your lane and swim your race. Like, yeah. don't worry about anyone else. Just fixate on swimming in your lane. Right. And so that's what she has going in her head before it. She jumps in and she's leagues ahead. Because it's still like local kid races, kind sure. of. She's beating them out of the water. Yeah. While the kids are underwater, bombs start happening. And Whew. it's, you see it in the distance, you know, as Closer. a plane flies and drops yes. bombs. It's like yes. bomb in the distance, bomb, bomb. And it's on one straight line coming straight closer. And then it all happens. A bomb flies through busts the hole in the ceiling and as Yusra is still swimming she doesn't know this is happening above her it's a moment of her underwater swimming almost to the end and a bomb unexploded missile drops into the water right in front of her face and it's unexploded and because it hit water so it's not right it's cushioned whatever yep and so it's just floating right in front of her face. And the moment of her like st- stopping swimming, screaming underwater, terrified at this bullet and like frozen in fear, pushing herself away from it, watching it float, float, float down to the bottom of the pool floor. Had to press pause, had to press pause, had to take a second to breathe it hits the bottom of the pool floor it doesn't explode but that sounds like the hotel that sounds like the a little bit of like that hotel story of like things okay. happening and then that it's a little yeah. more movieified of right mm-hmm. in front of her but that still feels like based in a, something they experienced to me and well and especially her talking about like the interview with the hole in the ceiling, the hole yes. had to come from somewhere. Bombs were dropped on that yes. place. Yeah. Her dad jumps in, 
they save everyone's okay in her family, but people were dead after that bombing. Yeah. So that's what they're, that's an everyday experience for them at this point. 20 minutes in. I still have like an hour and a half left. I'm like, where is this going? The girls and their family knew it was time to leave. So the girls thought if they could get to Germany, Yusra, who was 17 at the time, could apply for family reunification and have her entire family move to Germany. But that's only if she is 17. Once she turns 18, that's not an option anymore. So there is this aspect of beating the clock of... Yeah, exactly. 100% exactly what the movie plot is. They had like heard... I don't remember who. They were like, this person just got it and that's why... Her and her mm-hmm. family are getting flown out to Germany. She just applied for this, so we can do that and save all of you. In August of 2015, after finding a Facebook group detailing the routes that smugglers took to cross the Aegean Sea to get to mm. Germany, Sarah and Yusra began their journey. So just that detail of, like, they used a Facebook group to, yep. sh- like, get out of war. That is... It's mind-blowing. Yes, exactly. First, they fly from Syria to Lebanon, and then they make their way to Turkey, where they're supposed to get on a boat for a 45-minute trip to take them to Greece. So before Mm. I continue with that, did it detail any of that, like, flying and then getting to... Yeah, any of their journey before boat, did it, like, give you details? They they got on the plane. Yep, there was a whole moment of um, family hugging and crying, mm-hmm. being like, this could realistically be the last time we see each other if we don't make it in time or if we die, like yeah. many people did. Her father was like, don't get on any boats. Take the long way around mm-hmm. with smuggler routes because the boats are not getting through. They're either okay. getting shot down or sinking. So that was a big, like, don't go on the boat, go around. It was the moment from Finding Nemo where they're like, don't go through, go above. Right. Right? Or no. Yeah. Or it's like, don't go to the edge of the reef or something. That happens in the movie, but then remember the moment Oh, are you talking about getting out of the tank? No. (laughs) Where Dory, where I think the turtle tells Dory or something, he's like, remember... Go through the crevice, not above, because oh, yeah. above yeah. there's yeah. all the jellyfish. Yes. And then Dory's like, I can't remember something about the crevice. So oh, there's a big foreshadowing yep. moment mm-hmm. of like, don't go on the boat. Don't go on the boat. Okay. But well, they're also traveling with their cousin in the movie. Yes. Okay. Ten- younger boy cousin or older? Um, He seemed in between the sisters. Okay. Older that than Yusra. That makes sense. Okay. And his name was Riza? I think so. I didn't find too much on him, but Let I do me... know that they were traveling with a boy cousin. Okay. I want to look at it really quick because I think I typed, I did a typo wrong. I did a, ty- I did a typo wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say it like that? I don't know. I did a typo wrong. Nizar. Oh, okay. Their cousin, Nizar. I just want to say his name right. Got it. So, yes, they are with their cousin as well. Um, And a friend of their father's is also traveling with them. I don't know if that was in the movie, but... He wasn't. So, so our sisters are... have arrived in... Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) It took me so long to figure out where I was. There was a moment on the plane when they're flying into Turkey. The... Flight attendant goes... Did they fly from Lebanon to Turkey, too? I... They flew... They only took one plane. They okay. flew from wherever they lived Syria, to... Lebanon. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Where the flight attendant says, Welcome to Lebanon. Just to reiterate, the life jackets under each seat are property of the airport. And if you take them, you will be charged. Oh. Okay. And, and that, that will come back. Yeah, that will come back because after getting to Lebanon, I think they have to take like taxi or bus or either walk to Turkey. It's not close. 
So they do yeah. have to travel again. But by the yeah. time they get to Turkey, um, they are faced with a boat. And dad said, no boat, don't do the boat. But they said, we're going to do the boat. Yep, it's faster and cheaper. It's faster, it's cheaper. However, these boats were originally meant for about five or six people. And the boat they are getting on has about 20 people. Yeah, yep. So they board the boat with 20 passengers, the majority of which could not swim. The smuggler dude who got them the boat, he's like getting them all in, getting them all in the boat. It's patchy. There's like patches all over it where there's, I guess holes or gunshot holes or something yeah it was already broken yeah people are like getting sketched out one couple is like we're not doing it we're not doing it and they get off it then he's like pushing the boat out into the water he pulls the engine and he pushes them out and the whole time they're like he's getting us across but then all of them start to panic they're like he's not coming with he's not coming with freaked out but the engine's already going and they're off into the sea they, he tricks them. He tricks them. Yeah. Mm. It's a scary moment where he's their guide the whole time. And then he's like, you stupid people. I'm not getting in that boat. It's sinking. Sarah and Yusra were traveling with their cousin and a friend of their father's. Pretty quickly after leaving Turkey, the boat's engine stops engining. Yeah. And they start to take on water pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but their father's friend... <laughs> Let yes. me say, we say boat. Yes. And then I mentioned it's like patchied and hold. I didn't describe it well enough. It's an inflatable boat. It's not made of like oh. metal or things. It's like a raft. Okay. okay it's inflatable. So interesting. I don't, I can't validate that with research okay. I found. To what I had heard of them describing it, they had said, something for like five or six people like a yacht but i don't know if that's an actual translation or just like a oh they kind of it was kind of like a dinghy if you know what that is yeah dinghy dinghy makes sense so their boat dinghy raft starts taking on water yeah starts to sink starts to sink and almost immediately the friend of their father's jumps in the water and is like okay Mm -hmm. well clearly this is gonna sink with all of us on it so I'm going to get off the boat. Mm-hmm. He was not posed as the father's friend, but a man did jump off into the water okay. to be like, less weight, we'll take on less yeah. water. Shortly after that, Sarah jumps in with mm-hmm. the man and Yusra is close behind. But mm-hmm. even in times of crisis, sisters are going to do what sisters do, which is argue and disagree and Sarah did not want her younger sister jumping in. She was really worried that Yusra would get dizzy and sick while they were in the water and then she would have to be taking care of her in the water mm-hmm. instead of on the boat, but Yusra was unfazed. She I believe she wears glasses sometimes and so when she doesn't have okay. those and then is in the water she can get dizzy if she's getting knocked around and then that would make that her makes sense. sick. She had that. She didn't have glasses in the movie, but I can imagine. Sure. Topsy turvy, especially in this moment when they jump in the movie, it's like storming and it's night and it's rainy. Okay. I don't know if that is true, but it could be true. They also, to get context, they tie themselves like with some type of rope to the edge of the boat or something. So they're in the water, but they're like. They're attacked. They're not like free floating in the water. Yeah. That makes sense. So a fourth man ends up jumping in with them and they manage to stabilize the boat from tipping over Mm. with the remaining like 16 people aboard it. Um, And then they begin their three hour swim to Greece while guiding a full boat of fellow refugees. Yes. I couldn't find too much on the actual swimming experience. I don't know how much of that was portrayed in the movie or what they showed of that or like because mm-hmm. i was having a hard time picturing it some things i read said they were pushing it some pe- things i said said they were pulling it some things i read said they were just like swimming alongside it so if you're saying they were tied up that makes sense that just them swimming would then move it yeah this is like the moment of the movie when yeah. they jump in the water right 
in the movie, there's the one man who jumps in. He can't do it. He gets tired and he jumps mm. back in. So it's just the sisters oh. in the movie. Okay. And it is storming. There's waves. The boat is slowly sinking. And there's also on board the boat dinghy sinking ship is a woman who has a baby. I don't know if there you saw For sure was a that. child. For sure a child on board. Okay. Yep. There she was. She was so scared the whole time, praying to Allah. And then the girls, women, heroes, are in the water. It's kind of, it's what you said. They're kind of sometimes on the side of the boats. Most of the time, though, they are like in, in front, the front, like competitive swimming, leading As, the boat. Right. Pulling. That's what I imagined. And the way they tell the story is kind of similar to what you said, honestly, is Usura kind of goes in like blackout mode. She wakes up and she's still swimming. She cl- it like goes black. She wakes up and there's pool lanes in the ocean. Oh. And and she's like, find your lane. And she's swimming in the sea with the pool lanes in it. That sure. was a big moment of chills. I was like, mm. holy shit. When they put the pool lanes in there, I was like, so creative. And I don't know. It was yeah. a beautiful moment. I love she blacks. That. I don't know if she's actually blacking out. It just kind of fades to black or waves hit her. And then it's daytime and there's a seagull flying above them. Um, yeah. And then she like wakes up again and they're kind of someone yells is that is that land is that land so it kind of is mm. told in a montage moment sure yeah because the what i could find on it it was just usura being like yeah i i remember jumping in the water and i remember swimming and that's really it right you have to think of people's stories about it is like i was scared for my life i was either on a sinking boat or i was swimming i don't have a lot of stories to tell you about it exactly but from what you're saying it sounds like you know they wake by the when she comes back to and they see land they mm-hmm. are seeing lesbos the island of yes. lesbos in greece so by the time they get there they haven't had anything to eat or drink for three days from their journey not just mm-hmm. from the water but from the travel to turkey and the flight and everything they are actually turned away from a restaurant upon arrival trying to yes. find some type of food they or say no refugees mm-hmm. close the door when they get to shore, they are obviously tired. Everyone yes. is like kissing the ground and then they're walking up onto the beach and there are life jackets kind of over here, life jackets over there, a big pile. And they just keep walking closer to town and the camera is kind of an aerial view of them and it pans more out and out. And it's just life jackets. Everywhere. From refugees. Thousands of life jackets of people mm. who had either maybe it washed up on shore or people who survived. But that was kind of where the life jackets kept. There was life jackets on sale everywhere before they got in the water. And then mm. all of these. It and was then a, life jackets all over the edge. Yeah. It was a beautiful that, moment mm. of like what the director said. Like, I want to tell everyone's story, not just yeah. these two sisters. Showing all right. those life jackets was like. We just watched 20 people go through this. Look at all these. All mm. of these people made this journey. And, I love this movie. And that's not an easy journey because most of them also have, once they get, once you get there, then you have to figure out how to start over. And that right. was something I read a lot of too, was Yusra being like, this is not about people wanting to come to your country and take your things or take away jobs or anything like that this is us trying to escape our country because it is literally trying to kill us mm-hmm. i'm in danger yes exactly the sisters end up taking a bus they end up walking a ton eventually they make it to germany their original intended destination and usura says she doesn't immediately feel like germany would be her final destination or home this is just where she's going to ride out the war just where she's going to mm-hmm. stay until the war is over. But that would not be the case. And as time stretched on uh, and the war continued, Yusra and Sarah stayed in a refugee center near Berlin where they met swimming coach Sven Spankakrebs. 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 Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I love Sven. <laughs> Did they say his him. last name? 
Um, they, they might have, but I didn't. They meet Sven, and he brings them to the pool that he coaches at, and Yusra finds her home again in swimming. Mm-hmm. And just a year later, Yusra qualifies for the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro as part of the very first IOC refugee Olympic team, where she is also the flag bearer. Oh, what's that mean? She's the person that walks out with the flag of the country at okay. the games when everyone has a flag, but it's the very first time there's a refugee Olympic team. So mm-hmm. she gets that honor. Um, she actually wrote an essay about how she doesn't really, she doesn't align with the term refugee or didn't feel like it fit her very well. Yeah. But once she had that experience at the Olympics, she understood how she was representing not just herself, but any person that had ever been displaced from their home country. Mm-hmm. On the very first day of the Olympics, Yusra wins her heat of the 100-meter butterfly. And though she doesn't progress beyond that, the experience helps her understand her relationship with being a refugee, what it means to finally feel content with the term. So even though she doesn't like win her actual She doesn't? Heat, she doesn't win a medal or really, really? progress very far, but she does win the first heat. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I'll give them that. Okay. They didn't they didn't lie to me, but they they, they just I thought the she heat. won. They just showed one race. They didn't really talk about what it was. So when she won, I was like, "Oh my god, she's winning gold." So she actually came in 41st out of 45. <laughs> I'm did not mean to laugh. I'm laughing. I'm at not me laughing either. Crying. If if you're remembering like the marble heats, like you could win your heat, but it might not be the <laughs> fastest. You can't just say the word marble race or marble <laughs> heats out of nowhere and expect anyone but me to understand. Jellicle's marbles YouTube. Look it up. Okay. Um, moving on. So wait, don't move on because okay. there was a lot that just that happened in the movie so when they get to land yeah there's an hour and a half left okay and i was like what else is gonna happen yeah what so else they, happened they told that whole story that you told but there was a lot of mini stories in there like one specific moment because they were stuck in like a a refugee like camp center. yes camp yes refugee camps kind okay. of center yeah which for me, when I heard like refugee camps and those kind of like American cross centers, it's positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, people are helping. They didn't see it like that. Mm. They kind of felt of it felt like it was a prison, like a holding place for people because they don't want us in the real world or in well, the exactly. country. Yes, because they also talked about how they are two pretty conventionally attractive mm-hmm. sisters, but they also didn't really look like they were from the Middle East because they didn't wear headscarves and right. they just the way they dressed and kind of acted. So they could get so far on a housing application, but as soon as they ask where they're from and they say Syria mm. or they have to say they're a refugee, immediately denied housing. So it kind of is like a prison. It's the only place they're allowed, to, they could find housing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a moment when they're in this, they're kind of like airplane hangers where they're being mm. kept. And they find an empty one. And with their cousin, they they start playing music off their phone. And it's bulletproof again. And they're oh. just like kind of dancing to it. like, But it's just off the phone and it's just them. But then the movie does its magic again. And it slowly kind of morphs. Like a light comes on in the corner and it kind of turns into a club. And mm. then there's like smoke and people start to come in. And so there's like this big, like, imaginary club mm. in this airplane hangar that these three teenagers are just kind of creating in their head off this music playing on yeah. the phone. It was beautiful. Where they're just like, we have to keep living. And like, we just survived what we shouldn't have survived. And Yes. And I don't know if they touch on this in the movie, but Sarah emphasized that for their cousin, who was a boy... It was mm-hmm. even, everything was harder because they're the last ones people want to care about. The last ones that people would check in on. They're going to, you're going to check in on mm-hmm. women and children first. And so a single 
male refugee traveling by himself is in one of the hardest positions once he gets yeah. to his destination. Yeah, he was, there was a moment of they get to the refugee camp and the sisters, he, or someone like asked for the sisters to come with them and he's like, oh, but I'm with you, I'm with them. And they're like, you'll be held at the men's camp. And then it's, he's kind of like, oh, okay. I guess that those are the rules, but now I'm alone. Yeah. So with the Olympics and the refugee team, mm-hmm. there is like an in- she did not really like the refugee Being on team. The- yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. she, I don't know if she actually denied it, but she said no to Sven at first for being on the team because sure. she said something along the lines of, oh, not something along the lines of, because I have an actual quote. Quote, would you want to compete because you were good enough or because people felt sorry for you? Mm. She wanted to swim for Syria or not at all. Got it. She got her ego put in place by her sister who said, this could be the only time you ever get the chance to swim at the Olympics and you're going to have the pride to say, no, that's not happening, little sister. You're going to put their Mm. cap on and you're going to swim at the Olympics for our family and for Syria. There, though, mm-hmm. she, I imagine, this might not be the exact conversation, but I can imagine that this was the feeling. She overhears other swimmers and other Olympians being like, we get it, but like, why are they taking our spots? There's a quote from one swimmer that says, I'm all for charity, but the rest of us had to work hard to be here. Yeah, and that's kind of her feeling about, about she's like, I'm not, a, she's like, I have been working hard. I worked so hard for Syria. Right, right. My entire she life. She swam across the sea. Sea, the Aegean Sea for three hours. Sarah does not continue swimming on a competitive level. Um, right, she didn't go to the Olympics. After being in Germany for a year, Sarah decides to return to Lesbos to help other refugees um, that are fleeing the Middle East and Africa who are at risk of drowning. So she's continuing with her swimming passion in that way. And she, um, while also attending college, works for a search and rescue NGO known as the Emergency Response Center International. Okay. Um, but she was arrested by the Greek government and accused of people smuggling, fraud, belonging to a criminal organization, and money laundering. Yeah. Facing up to 20 years in prison. Yeah. She said in the movie, kind of like to her sister, when she told her that she didn't want to swim anymore and that she mm-hmm. was like, I want to be the person that would have been there for us on the shore. Mm-hmm. when we washed up exactly that's exactly what chills. she does but that facts about her arrest is in our little epilogue credits and they don't ever show that is part this really. when you film filmed yourself crying for two minutes <laughs> <laughs> i guess we could talk about that <laughs> i hit record on filming myself crying <laughs> directly after she i thought she won a gold medal (laughs) (laughs) and i was like she did it all the swimmers thought she couldn't and she did it and then i thought it was the end of the movie It, it wasn't it turns out they had a whole kind of music playing montage of the sisters running back into the ocean to celebrate her winning this heat i guess And so that's when I really started sobbing of them splashing around in the ocean together. Okay. I'll start crying again if I keep talking about it. And then it (laughs) went into the credits. So I thought it was the end of the movie, two minutes, and I was just crying the whole time. It wasn't. (laughs) So so they tell you about what happens to Sarah, the arrest? They essentially said exactly what you did. That she got arrested 20 years Mm -hmm. possibly, but no, nothing really had happened yet. Well, I can tell you what happens. So Sarah spent over 100 days in jail before being released Mm. on bail. The police had absolutely no proof of what of the crimes that they were accusing them of. They were accusing them of being in Greece on dates that they were in Germany. Um, I say Uh, they because it wasn't just Sarah. It was a a group of people that was arrested. Um, Yeah. And many human rights watch organizations condemned the trials and said that it was ridiculous they were taking place in the first place. 
it's it was Good. almost as if you could get arrested for handing out it getting arrested for handing out water bottles to people in line voting it's that it's along the same kind right. of idea as that so the like charges, you're arresting me for helping yeah. someone who like needs help on the beach what literally what's the problem well the charges were officially dropped in january of 2023 yay good yes um sarah obviously passed then so there wasn't that update in it but yay good yes um sarah has since done a ted talk about her experience um Mm. and yusra today has her own foundation called the yusra mardini foundation where she uses the power of sports to show the world that everyone must be treated equally love that Mm mm-hmm and so that's where our, our sister duo is at today. Uh, I said earlier, you can follow Yusra Mardini on Instagram. Oh, my God. We will put her Instagram in the episode description. For sure. So that's the swimmers. What do you think, Deck? Is it based, <sighs> biased, or BS? It was based. It's based. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely based. And based in a way that the director and the actors were still able to make creative wild choices and like break the realm of reality, but still it's still real. And it was still what was happening in their minds. Well, and I also, I found something that said that Yusra did some of the swimming stunts in the movie. So, <gasps> okay. I saw her credited in the movie, but yeah. I was like, I don't, I didn't see her. She was, she did. She was swimming. swimming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was honestly like such a good movie. Such a good movie. Yay, like outside of this podcast, a brilliant movie. That both the sisters are really, really great actors. Yeah, so we'll put pictures up on our Instagram of the sisters. Um 100%. And I say the sisters, but it's both the sisters both playing the sisters, the sisters and the sisters who are the sisters. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have those up on what our Instagram. What if there's one pick of all four sisters? <laughs> I could try. There might be. Sometimes there, yeah. sometimes there are pics of people with their, the people they play. Um, yeah. So those will be up there. Um, we'll also we'll we'll tag we'll tag Yusra in our oh post maybe Stop. and see if she maybe she'll see it. Um, but that will be at based biased or BS on Instagram. Yes, but don't forget to also tune back in this week on Tuesday because yes. we'll yeah. have our extra little episode. Oh, we didn't say the title or the, the, <laughs> the oh, name. It's called it's the, the Limited, Limited Series. 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 <laughs> <laughs> a little play on the words. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a look at those Limited Series. They are starting with Halston Episode 1 on Tuesday. Available on Netflix. But if you want to know what to watch mm-hmm. along with me for Mr. Decky, what should we watch? Ooh, yeah. We are going to watch, well, not me. You all are going yes. to watch Cadillac Records. Cadillac Records. Never heard of it. Can't wait. I had never really heard of it either. One of my coworkers who I told about this podcast will not, I hope he doesn't listen. He will not stop bothering me about this movie. He goes, you have to do Cadillac Records, man. Well, he's going to listen. If you say we're doing Cadillac Records, he's going to listen. <laughs> well, I won't talk about him in the Cadillac Records episode. Okay. He'll so never listen. He... He'll never get to the end of the swimmers. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Even though, best movie ever. Sorry. Sorry, Mamma Mia. <laughs> what about Coal Miner's Daughter? Coal Miner's Daughter? I was Has thinking a... about this. I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> I, like, I liked Coal Miner's Daughter a lot. It would be maybe in my top 100 favorite movies. Okay. I liked it more as a top for this podcast, if you know what I mean. And it does have those like personal kind of relations. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of gimmicky to like it, if that makes sense. Fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a honky-tonk girl, but this movie had me crying. Had me feeling. Okay, The Swimmers 2022 on Netflix. I'll have to uh, watch it now that I know the real story. Remember when the missile dropped into the pool? In her yeah, face? I do. I feel like I saw it <laughs> from your description. Oh, uh, what can I say? I'm just a born storyteller. Well, 
not like you studied it. No, God. For four not years. Like okay. I, not like I'm in debt for it. Okay. Oh. Maybe we should go. Has he even paid a student loan? Okay. <laughs> no, student loans aren't real. Student loans aren't oh, real. God. If you're I listening to me. the government doesn't listen to this. Don't pay back your student loans. D- Decker. Oh, God. And not that's when all they just. Have... Oh, God. That's all we have for you today. You have a great day. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Don't pay your student loans. <laughs> So listeners, we have something very exciting to share with you because starting next week. Oh yeah, when do we want to upload them? <laughs> Oops, we didn't decide this. Cut. Um, <laughs> I was thinking like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, midweek. Like half week. Let's do Tuesday. Yeah. Every week? Yeah. Yeah, we can, especially when we're recording weekly. If we're doing, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Action. (laughs) Okay, listeners, we have some very exciting news coming your way. (laughs) Yeah, we do. (laughs) You are going to, I hate that. Cut it. Cut. Cut. (laughs) Should we just start this whole episode over? No, no, we don't have time for that. True. (laughs)